Every day, we get what's supposed to be the news from the mainstream media. With little thought or logical discussion, we believe everything we hear. We're not allowed to disagree or have an adult conversation about the issues. Believe the news or be canceled. We're here to disrupt that idea. Changing the narrative with your host, Cecil Grant Jr. provides the views of an ordinary man on a variety of topics. As a black conservative, he adds entertaining, deep, and profound analysis that should cause you to think about things differently. He's not here to change your mind. He just wants you to think for yourself. And now, here's the host of Changing the Narrative, Cecil Grant Jr. Welcome to Changing the Narrative. I'm your host, Cecil Grant Jr. Today I had the opportunity of interviewing a young lady who's running for Secretary of State in the great state of Massachusetts. Her name is Rayla Campbell. You can find her on Facebook. And I believe at the end of the podcast, she gives out her um, website page and other ways to uh, get in contact with her. But uh, she is a breath of fresh air. She's full of energy. Um, just a strong-willed, passionate woman who wants to, to see her state and the people of her great state uh, have the opportunities to succeed just like she has. Uh, Rayla was, is a native of Boston and grew up in Situate. She has lived in Randolph for the last 14 years and maintains strong family ties in the communities of Mattapan, Dorchester, Mission Hill, and Rosendale. While campaigning, she has developed many relationships across the state and this great nation, but her heart is in Massachusetts. She attended public school and after graduating, went directly into the Boston workforce. Eventually, she returned to school to become uh, a certified dental assistant. She then transitioned to insurance and claims management while volunteering for many worthy causes. She's married to John, and together they have three beautiful children, Josephine, Hannah, and Titan. She knows what it means to struggle and to succeed. And I think that when you listen to the interview, you'll, you'll, you'll feel that when she speaks. You'll feel the passion, the energy, something that we don't have in a lot of our uh, elected officials. And, and this lady, I feel like she is going to be a breath of fresh air when she becomes the next Secretary of State for Massachusetts. She wants to show others, especially her children, that in America, the sky is the limit. And no matter who you are or where you're from, nothing can stop you from achieving the American dream. Kayla will steadfastly follow the laws and statutes on the books and provide the necessary oversight needed with an eye towards streamlining processes. Throughout our entire government, we need people who are going to take a fresh new look and a new approach to getting things done for we the people. We've gotten to where our system of government is no longer responsive to we the people. They write laws and rules, etc., to make us responsive to them, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be the other way around. In Massachusetts, as Secretary of State, she's going to revitalize corporate growth by removing the bureaucracy and red tape, making 
making it easier to do business in the Commonwealth, and she will diligently monitor markets and securities for the taxpayers of Massachusetts. And I believe, just as she does, that she's up for the challenge. Please take the time to really listen to this podcast. This lady is amazing. Um, if you're in Massachusetts and have the opportunity to support her, please do get the word out, share this uh, podcast with, with friends and family. The, the underlying point of this interview, as well as the two others I did uh, with black Americans running for public office, is to show you that we're out here. And, and in part of the interview with uh, Rayla, um, I list off a name, a list of, of black Americans who are running as conservatives for public office. Some of them maybe you've heard of, but I'm sure a lot of them you haven't. Um, so enjoy the, the episode. Enjoy listening to two people who are considered to be oxymorons. I look forward to hearing your comments uh, on this interview. Without any further ado, here's the interview with me and Rayla Campbell. Welcome to Changing the Narrative. I'm Cecil Grant. Today we have Rayla Campbell. She's running for Secretary of State in the great state of Massachusetts. Thank you for being with me today. We had a little bit of a glitch hooking up this morning, but we worked it out and I'm glad to be able to talk with you today. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Cecil. Thank you so much for having me on. Great. Well, I want to start off just with a question that I've asked a lot of the, the folks that I've interviewed so far. And why is it such a struggle for people to accept black Americans as being conservative? I think it's just that Democrat narrative that has been pushed for so long. They're the party for blacks. They're the ones that are going to be out there advocating for African-Americans, for jobs, for housing. And we've seen that that has not been the case. And it started when they destroyed the nuclear family and when we saw them telling women, we will we'll repre- replace the fathers. We'll do that for you. you just, just get on government assistance. We'll take care of everything. Don't got to worry about it. When that is completely false, they don't care about, they only care about your vote. They try to change history to fit their narrative, but I'm pretty sure the KKK was all Democrats. And Slavery was the Democrats. So when we look at history and we know the facts and the truth, and then we look at what happened to Black Wall Street Democrats, again, coming in and destroying, giving African Americans the tools that teach them their history instead of listening to them try to recreate what their opinion of history is. History is history, and it's history for a reason. It needs to be taught it properly, truthfully. And I think that's what's happening in our schools. It has been in for a long time. It's the destruction that they want to cause. Yeah, it's annoying because I don't understand why, just as black Americans, I think internally we have truly conservative values. I mean, I think you look back when we did have 
strong nuclear families where the father was at home and we went to work and we were, you know, doing all those really productive things. And then you look now in 2022 and it's like, what happened? Yeah. We believed a lie and we, we continue to believe it to the point where Joe Biden can get on a radio show and say, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. And we say nothing. We say, wow, he, 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 he didn't mean it. No, that's what he said. That's exactly what he meant. That's exactly what he meant. Yeah. And that's what they try to do. They try to twist everything. But the, the devil always shows his face. So when they're saying things, they believe it. And this is who they are. People need to listen to what they're saying. Because they are telling you how racist they are. We can see it with everything. Look at what's happening with the chief justices right now in the protests. Now imagine if you had a group of pro-life, mm-hmm. conservative pro-life out there saying thank you for supporting. You know, and we would have been arrested right away. Oh, look at this. These Nazis are out there. I mean, instantly they call us Nazis. They, in Massachusetts, it's horrible. If you disagree with them, I'm known as Massachusetts' number one white supremacist. No. I'm pretty sure I'm black, but apparently they don't see that. No. And, and according to BLM, I'm, I'm melanin adjacent. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the words that they use, the tactics that they use, they don't like to stand up for Americans. American values, tradition, and the fact that God has been taken out of so that's where the problem is. As blacks, we have always, always been very, very Christian-based. All of us. Grew up, everybody knows, go to grandma's house on Sunday, have to go to church, go for dinner, but it's like whole family thing, and the taking down of the, the church and going after God basically removing that from everything in schools. I mean, it used to be we'd always sing Christian-based songs. We'd always, you know, we'd say prayers at lunch. Always, and I remember that. And I went to public school, so they've taken a lot of that out, and they don't want to stand and say the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, if you don't pledge allegiance to the flag in this country, like imagine doing that in another country, you'd be they'd hang you. You'd be done. But they don't care about that in this country. And we are the land of free and the home of opportunity. But you got to work for it. And we see that they just want to change everything in Massachusetts and fall, not only Massachusetts, but in the country. They want us to be a socialist, communist state because they're not feeling the effects of $6 gas prices or $6 milk and cannot being able to find juice boxes, clothes for my kids. They don't feel that because they're in their own little risk bubble where they're the 1%, so they're the ones that are literally in charge of everything. It's a trickle-down effect. And we, the people, are actually the ones that are in charge. It says that right there in our constitution. So telling people and reassuring people, your voices matter. You need to stand up. You need to speak out. We need to really go after them because they are the servants. We are not subjects. We are citizens. They serve us. Exactly. Exactly. Well said. And and I I had thought about you know black conservatives and I don't know how it is where you live, but it's really hard to find them. <laughs> and I and I I think that in the in the past. 
many black people have just kind of on the down low. They, they, they really are conservative at heart. When they go to the voting booth, they pull the, the lever for the conservative or the Republican. But in public, they don't say that. But I feel like, and, and it may be just me, it just seems like in the past 18 months or so, you know, I ran across, I think I saw you on LinkedIn. I was like, wow, this is, wow. I mean, that's Massachusetts. <laughs> and then I found, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a friend of mine found Jennifer Ruth Green, who's running for Congress in Indiana. And I found Joe Collins, who's running for Congress in California. And Kathy Barnett was running for the Senate in, in Pennsylvania. Peggy Hubbard was running for Senate in Illinois. And the list goes on of black Americans running for public office you know, yeah. both at the local, federal, and state level, and then also the diverse group of Black Americans that are standing up and saying, you know what, this this Joe Biden lie, I, I either I didn't buy it, and I never would have, or I bought it, but now I see the light, and I'm out. <laughs> I don't think any of them bought it. I, I They, you know, they just, a lot of Black America says, why should we go vote? It never matters. Yeah. We vote for the person we want. They don't get an office. And that's another reason why I'm running for secretary of state, because it's not who's casting the votes. It's who's counting the votes. Yes, so yes, yes. we have seen that over and over and over again, especially Bill Galvin, who has been secretary of state for 29 years in Massachusetts. He's been in politics longer than I've been alive. It is time for him to go. Yeah, he really has. It's crazy. But I think that's the one we're going out. And plus, Republicans are too afraid to go in to the cities. I don't know why. I mean, some of the South Shore towns are way worse than in the city. I feel safer in a lot of parts of the city than I do in the South Shore. I'm like, yeah, go down there. What's going on? So it's about outreach and going to them and talking with the people and shaking their hands and getting them to understand that no it does matter we need you to show up we need you to vote we need you to vote republican and a lot of blacks are unenrolled so that's when i i'm like okay we're gonna go after the unenrolled they're not put to any parties they're really kind of independent right yeah. in the middle and they want to choose who they believe best represents them but we don't have enough Republicans that are out there and active so people know. And it's just like we have a couple of black Americans in Massachusetts that are running for office. But do people know? No. And the party does not get out there and promote the candidates that are running. And neither does the national party. It's you want to change the face. Look at all of us throughout the state. We're changing everything. And throughout the country, when you see what we're doing, and it's being a black conservative is the hardest thing for all of us in most areas because we get by both sides. Yes, yes. We completely attacked, and they look at us like, what do you mean you're a Republican? That doesn't exist. Black people can't be Republicans. Then your family says the same thing. Well, you're supposed to be Democrat. You're black. No. Do you see what they're doing? So it's making sure we're getting out there, we're talking to people, and we're showing media needs to cover us. The media does not want to cover us because they don't want black people to know that there are black conservatives out there, really are from the community, we're hardworking, we're just like everybody else, 
and they don't like that. We're not these everyday politicians yeah. grown up in politics and, you know, families after generations of, after generations. No. We're like, you've now affected my life personally, so now I'm going after your job. That is what's going on, and they don't know how to deal with us. Plus, we're unfiltered. You're not going to tell me what my message is ever. It's just not going to happen. So it, it's they, they get a little afraid of that. Oh, my gosh, they said something controversial. And I'm looking at them going, Republicans are too soft. Yeah. You get Democrats punching you in the face at every turn, and you just sit there like, thank you, sir, may I have another? I'm not going to be that one. I punch back, and I punch back harder. Because they give you all the ammo. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they just play it back for them. Like, oh, you, you said this, and then bring that to the people. So that's what we really need to do. And there's a lot of us out there, and there are a lot of us. I've been a Republican my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> grew up in a Democrat household. And we've always had those battles. But I was like, don't care. You guys are not, not listening to you. So it's just it's that conversation that needs to be had and not to instantly label people i yeah. mean oh you're a trump supporter you're a trumper you're a trumpet you're it's all you think about is do you think it's okay what he said i'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. did you hear what joe biden said kamala harris just laughs so it's like what is going on here and they can say what they want, but if we ever said that, it's the worst thing in the world. But everybody agrees that President Trump's policies yes. were amazing. Yes. I mean, look at what we're paying for gas now. Look at where we were. We were energy independent, and now we're depending on Russia yeah. for oil and Venezuela. funding and buying from. I'm like, oh, okay, great. We're double funding a war that we have no business in. It's just like, can we protect our own borders and maybe get some baby formula made in our own? And they knew this over a year and a half ago. They knew we were going to have a formula shortage. And luckily for me, all my kids were breastfed. And I wouldn't have. But I think that also getting that information out, like pushing to people, there are natural ways Mm -hmm. to make formula that most of our parents want. They didn't have this canned formula when they were growing up. It was like powdered milk. A little cream bit of, of sugar. Yeah, exactly. Cream of, oh, yeah. I remember that. And a couple of bottles, so it'd be easier. But, yeah, they didn't have all of that. And now when you say stuff, you get blocked on Facebook. That's disinformation. I'm like, no, 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 no. You guys are disinformation. This is actually natural remedies, which yeah. are grandma's remedies. And that's what we would say. Grandma's old school, old school remedy. And it works. So it's just that the things that the left pushes and what they say and their policies, getting that to the people and making sure that they understand their rights and the laws that are on the books and what they can do to fight back, especially when it comes to what's happening in our school system. We wonder why our kids are being dumped down and they only have a sixth grade education level when they graduate high school. What is there? That's not going to help them do anything. And they're all, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. You don't need to work or anything. We'll give you a phone. We'll give you housing. We'll give you a car. We'll do it. Don't worry. And all of us are paying for it. And you're looking at this generation of complete laziness. They have no work ethic. They don't want to get out there and be part of the community. And you see it in every neighborhood. It's not just the inner cities now. 
they because they wanted they want to gentrify every neighborhood so they put these beautiful new condos or apartments in the middle of the city and then they charge like thirty two hundred dollars a month for a one bedroom how many people in the city are going to be i'm like why don't you move them into those apartments and then fix all these other crappy ones that are sitting right here yeah nope they would never do that they're just like oh look we're, we're making the neighborhood just completely diverse. Well, it already was diverse. We're all diverse and poor. And we're still with, we all live next to each other. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. It's, it's, it's madness. Great. It's complete madness what's going on. And I firmly believe that, you know, a lot of the stuff that you said as far as black conservatives getting out there, getting, you know, getting their boots on the, on the ground, that, that Republicans specifically do need to get out there and talk to to black Americans, to minorities, to let them know, hey, what do you, you know, let, tell me your issues, let me tell you how we think we can solve that and why our, our approach is better, but we don't. And, and I, I just, I think it's, unfortunately, I think it's economics that where am I going to spend my money that I'm going to get the most bang for my buck, but you haven't never done it, so you need to try it. But that's yeah. that's a whole different story. The other part, I think, and, and I, I, I feel like you would, concur i still want somebody that supports my values so i'm not i'm not picking you or i wouldn't vote for you just because you're a black woman if your values didn't line up with mine however i don't think that black americans as a whole are giving our values a, a, a chance and we we have to do a better job of communicating it and we need to let and Probably the mainstream media mainly needs to do a better job of communicating the conservative black Americans vision for this country. So, Absolutely. See, I advocate for black men all the time and men's rights and fathers' rights. And they don't like that at all. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell them that they have rights. No, we want to keep them, you know, reoccurring, reoffending, rotating door. And so many black men fight so hard for their children and to have custody of their children and they deserve their children when you see some of these women out there and what they're doing and instantly and automatically it's a it's a battle once you get into court they automatically are just you're labeled nope you're bad you're deadbeat whatever you could be the full-time provider it's your house you know you take care of your child all the time and it's just the court system is so corrupt and what they're trying to do, and they, they have it fixed that way for a reason. They don't want to have the black men involved. And we need to be standing up and fighting for men's rights, for black men's rights, for their rights for their children as well, because that is a conversation that they don't want to touch. And I'm out there every day telling people how much I'm going to fight for you. Great. Good stuff. So I wanted, I wanted to jump into your campaign and you mentioned the current secretary of state bill galvin yes and he's been in office for well longer than you've been alive and probably half (laughs) half of my term limits i mean how do we how do we make that happen or and this kind of dovetails also into another point you brought up about voter suppression that it comes in many forms and, and and so a voter gets to a place where they feel like, you know what, 
I'm, you know what? I don't, I don't care who's running. I'm not voting at all because my vote doesn't count. Nobody cares what I want. They're, so why vote? So instead of 100 people voting, and obviously that's a small number, 25 people vote. And then yeah. of the 25, they just go, uh, you know, half of them say, or let's say of the 25, you know, 40% or 60% of them say, you know what? This guy, Gavin, Galvin, whatever his name is, he's been there, whatever. We'll just, you know, he, he can keep on doing whatever and, and nothing happens. How do we get it to where our vote is not suppressed in the way that, that I believe you are trying to communicate? It's pressure. We need to put pressure on them and we need the public to be aware of the other candidates. So Bill Galvin is one that's famous for ethics violations. He's already done it now. He's also shown that he is not capable of being the Secretary of State with the mistakes and the errors that the, I mean, the, our nomination papers, we have to collect signatures. So yeah. I had to collect 5,000 yeah. signatures to get on the ballot. I got well of that, double, over double. And on the nomination forms had the wrong dates for when it's the process is supposed to be turned in and certified by. Now, if that's not a way to affect the elections or to make candidates, mostly Republican candidates, fear like we're not going to have time to get on the ballot, it's directly affecting us. And it's also the time where we have town meetings and there are elections around. And whose face is on every single book when it comes to, oh, it's time for your town meeting. I didn't think you lived in this town. Why are you putting your face on everything? Because he's like, remember, it's my election year. Vote for me. They did it with sample ballots and the way that they put the, the names of people they wanted you. They could have put John Doe, Jane Doe. Nope, they put the actual candidates' names. Hmm. It's influence. They're trying to influence. They do it with the media. And also, they don't recognize us when we're out there. So it's like a struggle and a fight to even get your name known. And even if you do, and you're up, like the whole state knows who I am, I'm pretty much really out there a lot, but it's billboards and signage and support from all of these, even unions or big businesses that we have, they are all funding Democrat candidates. And there's nothing, nobody's helping Republicans. So it's a monopoly and it's completely one side, one party rule. And they do that intentionally because they don't want any purple state. We're way less than, we're not blue. We're, you know, we're yeah. like a purple yeah. state. But any of the, the conservative states, you see, they don't have a problem. But when it comes to us, Massachusetts and California and New York, and they purposely want to make sure that they have 100% control and label it as we're the liberal states. But the people who are actually living here do not believe in the ways that they are thinking. Yeah. It is that dark money that comes through and then it ties back into the media. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> as far as getting out our message and talking and, and all of that stuff, I mean, and you kind of mentioned it before that, and, and I can tell just by speaking with you and some of the stuff that I've read about you that you are a strong woman, that you are a fighter. So how, how but how do the rest of us 
and it goes to the point where you said we're, we, 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 we stand around as conservatives, get punched in the face constantly, and we just stand there and take it. How do we deliver the blow? <laughs> you know, how, do we, how, how do we get them on their heels so we are not always you know, on the defense going, okay, oh my God, trying to defend something crazy that they just said? It's we need strong leaders and we need strong leaders that are going to be out in front and leading. And I'm definitely one of those people and everybody sees that. But also, don't be afraid to say it like it is. You know, the truth is the truth and it may hurt. But guess what? It's the truth. Facts are there. And once you get that out there and you keep pushing it, you'll have people come behind you. You'll have, you'll gain that support. They'll be like, you know what? I can get behind her. And that's when they feel encouraged to stand up and do something. But it comes from, it may, it, you know, should be a group of people, but if you've got someone that's out there and that is a strong leader that will keep pushing that message everywhere and talk to everybody, they need that because they don't feel like any of the people that are out there running are yeah. representing us. And that's why it's so important that you're going to the people, you're listening, you're able to be contacted, you respond back, and you're there to talk to them. That's the biggest problem is they don't feel like we have strong leaders. I know that because I look around and I'm like, oh, my gosh, these people are so weak. They get, as soon as somebody says something, I'm from Massachusetts, like, you can say F you to me all day, and I'm like, that's just saying, hello, how are you? Great, nice to meet you. You know, I get called more thing, names for breakfast, and I'm just like, oh, I, today's going to be a great day. Look at all the hate. But we're strong. Like, you, you've got to have thick skin. You've got to be strong. I grew up in the, I was born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s, so I grew up with a lot of deaf problem jam and living color, you know, we used to laugh about stereotyping, it was always, but you had friends everywhere, so I come with that wit and just like able to crack a joke yeah. or also laugh at myself or just be truthful and people want that, they want somebody real, they don't want somebody that's going to say what they want the people to hear and yeah. just sound like a politician. They want the truth, the facts, the honesty, the uncut. This is a person that I can really support and I can relate with. So that's what we got to do. But not everybody has. It. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it's what's what's difficult and what's disturbing, I guess, is <clears throat> as conservative black people, it's almost like it's it's okay then if you're white or whatever to call us names derogatory names and it's okay because you're you're trying to reel us back onto the to where we're supposed to be so you got to use whatever methods you have and, and other you know liberal blacks support that go yeah you tell them call them call them this and that and the other that's great no problem ah wow yeah it's a big problem but we're the I racist party yeah, exactly. You should see my mail over the past week. What I've gotten either on Facebook, with Facebook messaging, or they've gone through my website to send me such lovely mm. emails. I mean, it's just n bomb after n bomb after n bomb, and I'm like, wow! I didn't realize that until I ran for politics, I never saw this type of racism. And I grew up in a 
majority of an Irish town, the most Irish town in America I yeah. grew up in. Yeah. But we also had a huge Cape Verdean population in my neighborhood. I grew up in low-income and Section 8 housing. It was a very diverse neighborhood. So I never saw this type of hate. And then I decided to run for office. And whoa, I was, look at the left. They're insane. And they are, they show how racist they are. I mean, we, you screenshot it, but then they try to delete it. I'm mm-hmm. like, just drop the end bomb on you. Like, what a second. But if we ever said that, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. racist, this, 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 and that. She should be arrested. We're going to do a protest. We're going to march 50,000 people and yell and scream Black Lives Matter in her face. Yeah, they do that too. And that's, <laughs> and that's the, and that's the other problem. It's the, the, Freedom of discussion, freedom to disagree, freedom to discuss the issues, not the person. I don't, I don't, your race shouldn't matter. Let's talk about the issues. Let's talk about making our local communities better, our state better, our, our country better. I don't care what color you are, but the minute somebody speaks up, you've got Jack Del Rio, who's a coach with the Washington Redskins, but they call him some other commanders, whatever. Because he said something about, you know, why the the January 6th, the standards for for January 6th are different from Black Lives Matter burning down the country. He's being, you know, you you can't speak. You've got black players on your team. You don't. You need to be fired. You know, what? He's just, he, he can't have an opinion. He's not allowed to have an opinion. That's that's crazy. Exactly. But that is that is true. When you see that happening and, and we're going, oh my gosh, like, seriously, when are we going to say this has got to stop yeah. and have that community? We used to be able to have a conversation, and now if you disagree with somebody, I mean, they lose it. And it's like, well, that's your opinion. I don't have to agree with it, but I respect that you have an opinion. But to scream and yell at me or like storm out, come back yell some more than storm out of like do, did I miss something like I disagreed with you let's have a conversation about it we could probably come to common ground but there is no conversation anymore and we can see that with the way teaching it always goes back to the schooling and what's happening because they want to shut down conversation they have books in the library that say how to be a child activist mm. excuse me why are you protesting against your parents? Do you want me to backhand you? <laughs> because I'm like, we didn't grow up with that. If we said, what? If my mom called me and I said, what? I'd be on the floor. Yep. Yes. Yes, mother. Yes, mom. You know, it wasn't. Never. Why? I you say, damn, I know. No. Like, yep, no. It's in a song. My sisters would always stop. And like, I said it one time and I was like, oh. The look that I got, and I was like, it's on the radio. (laughs) No, I mean, that was not, we knew when we were disciplined, and that shaped us right now. It's like, oh no, you can't hit them. You're an abuser. Like, that's my kid. Mm -hmm. Talk back, knock right upside the head, right in the mouth. Like, what? Shut your mouth. You're going to talk back. My kids don't do that, luckily. But you see these kids out in the way that they're talking to their parents. The teachers are hiding in a, in a corner in their room, afraid because they're being threatened. They're, you TikToks, go spit in your teacher's face today. Throw a bottle at your teacher today. This is what is 
going on and the teachers are too afraid because the superintendents, oh, that's okay. You know, they're just acting out. We can't discipline that would be nice. It's like, no, we would have been suspended in school suspension down in the crazy little basement with the mean teacher that made write all day. So <laughs> I'm like, where is that? God forbid if that information got home to my parents. Oh my God. Yeah. I'll do whatever you want. Just don't call my house. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 what are they gonna say again? Like, you know. And if they but they would, they would call your parents before you even you just you know you were in trouble when you got home, but you wouldn't make those mistakes. And that's now they're like afraid to, or they don't want the parents to know because they're not even teaching them. No. They're indoctrinating them and they're grooming them as we're seeing now more recently. And they, people don't know what's happening because we are so focused on work, 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 paying the bills. What after school activities do we have? What, you know, it's just go, 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 grind, grind. And you're not, you're thinking that the school is actually doing their job as when we were in school and giving proper educations when they're not. And that is when you find, we all found out, well, I knew it, but a lot of people found out for COVID what was happening yeah. and what they were doing. And I think it, it's made an impact, and that's why so many African-Americans are pulling their kids out of school. And they're like, I'll do this homeschool stuff. And it's the best thing that we can ever do because they always target the public schools, and then they try to say, oh, well, you know, it's it's the inner city kids. They need more help. They need more support. And then they're about to go into receivership. What support are you giving any African-Americans, any immigrants, any Spanish, any Asian? No. You want to dumb the system down completely so that they don't have a chance. Why would you be doing that? Usually we lift people up. Yeah. Give them tools so that they can go out and have amazing lives and work hard and give back and provide for a family that's not happening anymore it's like what i see goes back to public information so yeah. FOIA requests freedom of information act that is all controlled by the secretary of state's office and when we're requesting information we've seen it throughout the country with parents asking for the curriculum they're labeled a domestic terrorist yeah they call the cops and I'm like, wait, we're just having a school board meeting. What's, what's this? The line of police officers. And the parents are showing up and we're reading what they're teaching and they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. They don't care. So that's why more people need to stand up. More parents need to be fighting. Look at the Democrat policies. These are their policies that are harming yeah. our children. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, my, my wife is an educator and... <sighs> Here in Florida, I don't, well, here where we live, I don't believe that our system is completely corrupt, but you can still see the lack of discipline with regard to the students, the lack of support from the administration. The teachers are just, their hands are tied. I mean, a child can accuse a teacher of anything and the teacher is in the wrong right off the bat. How, yeah. At that, how can you how can you teach? How can you how can I control my classroom if I might say something or do something, and a child goes home and tells their parents, and I'm I'm immediately in the I'm, there's no there's not even a discussion. You're in the wrong. Fix this or whatever. 
and and nobody supports you. It's 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 bad. It's bad. And then as you said earlier, we're dumbing down our our education system. It's more about getting kids to pass the tests and move them on. They didn't yeah. learn anything. They pass the test. The school is good. We got pay raises and whatever, but. <laughs> Nobody fails. Nobody fails Nobody anymore. Fails, oh yeah. no, you can't fail them. You can't keep them back. They won't be with their same age group. Yeah. That's that's like the. You need to be teaching these children and not just passing them on exactly. because that's not helping them in any way. And we see it. And you, I mean, nobody learned anything during COVID. None of them learned on online school. I don't even think, I don't even think they were paying attention to it because the teachers were like, okay. I'm coming on in the morning. Here's what you need to do. I'll be back in the afternoon to check if you did it. Do you think they're doing it? Like, what? And then the parents are like, I'm working. I can't be making sure. Like, you're doing your work? Yes. Okay. I'm doing my work. No, they're not. Because then you're waiting to hear the teachers talk. And you're like, well, where's your teacher? Oh, they'll come back in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this doesn't work. And they need, they should have been full time <laughs> on there. But you got to go back to get these computers away. We had computer lab. It was like an hour. You get to go maybe a couple times a week. But they're on it all the time. Where's the pen and paper? Where's the writing on the board? Where is it that I can see what you're teaching? Because when it comes to Google Classroom, I can't get access to what you're teaching my kids. I can only see what they've passed in because it's there on, as on the child side, but what are you teaching them that I can't see yeah. in these programs? Yeah, and that's the that's the big problem. Like you you said earlier, the indoctrination, the trying to understand why and where we got away from teaching children how to read, write, do math, some science, history of our country. Maybe as they get older, history of the world some some skill you know wood shop metal shop going to the you know gym class kickball dodgeball baseball softball basketball whatever when did we when did all of that just become not part of the school curriculum and now teaching little johnny about well may if you don't feel like you're a boy come see me and i'll show you how to be a girl and not but we don't want to tell your what? don't tell your parents don't tell your parents happens in stays in my classroom no and it happened with so probably my class we were like the last class taught properly but they also introduced the mcas testing oh. we were the pilot we were the testing class we had to take it first and they're like don't worry it's not going in and we're all looking at this going what is this this is i'm not no we haven't and then they told us that our critical thinking in the writing part was too extreme you can't think, like wait wait but we watch Maury Povich, Jerry Springer. So you tell us to finish a story and we're very like, oh, okay, this is great. Go off on your, nope, that's not the way we want you to think. Too bad. It's critical thinking. It's my thought. <laughs> so that's when it started. And then, you know, Obama and Obama second got in office. And you're looking at what they did. Look at what they did with food. And it was, they, it we used to have play 60 and I'm like, okay, yeah, that yeah, just, yeah, yeah. as I, I did gym all the time, the scholastics 
that disappeared. Oh, some kids can't climb the rope. Oh, no, some kids have never been able to climb the rope. Like, that doesn't, it's keeping them active, keeping them healthy, keeping them strong. These kids are so weak and so just, you looking at them or they're completely out of shape. And now that's the new thing. Oh, they'll just keep eating. We'll just make the clothes bigger. Don't worry about it. Walk around in your crop top all sorts of stuff hanging out and there's just there's no respect in your body there's no respect in your health i mean if we were talking about health care probably wouldn't have so much of this covid problem because you'd be taking care of what you put in and out of your body being active knowing that you have a really strong immune system three years unvaccinated never got covid (laughs) i wish i I wish i could say the same i i uh, we anyway it's a long story but we, our daughter lives in germany so we wanted to go visit her we, we hadn't been able to see her and her kids for two years and the only way we could go was to get vaccinated was, and we i mean i put it off until the the last moment so i finally had to tell my wife or i didn't tell her, i said hey we if we're going to germany we have to take the shot this day or we're not gonna be able to go and we it, it just it was i i hated it I got sick from it, and I, but I'm I will never take another shot. I'm I'm not boostering. I'm not double vax. I'm not doing any of that. I'm I'm done. You're done experimenting on me with that nonsense. So um, and that's what it was. It's the world's greatest experiment, and then trying to mandate it. Okay, a mandate is not law. I have rights given to me by God, and also protected rights in my constitution and in the laws. And so what they did was they violated people's HIPAA rights. And then they also, it was retaliation for a lot of people if you didn't get it. And you cannot force someone to get something against their will. But yet every, it was the repetitive, the TV. It's do this, do that. You've got to get this. It'll save your life. It's the best thing. Then you get Big Bird up there with his mom. And she's like, I gave my Big Bird the COVID shot. But he never got the bird flu shot. Mm-hmm. That makes <laughs> it's, it's interesting so let me let me ask you about guns and gang that's that's the hot topic here lately other than abortion with the supreme court justices but <clears throat> i in addition to doing the podcast i do i do some writing and one of the things that I wrote is that I, I cannot accept your sympathy or your tears for the, for the little kids that were shot in Texas when I don't see any tears for the kids who are weakly threatened and die in cities like Chicago, Philadelphia, LA, Detroit. Every, it, it, this is every weekend. This is not some, oh my God, I didn't know people were, it, no, it happens. You don't yep. care. But the minute we have this, now it's all gun rules, gun laws, gun, gun, gun. No. And then yeah. you give all kinds of money to, to Ukraine and people are adopting Ukrainian and all want to adopt a Ukrainian family. Why don't you adopt a family here that's in, in Chicago? Can't, can't. And it's not like the, the, there are kids sitting in their homes watching TV, bullets flying through the windows. Dig, they're getting in a car with the parents from church, bullets flying through the windows. Where's the outrage for that? 
and they have the strictest gun yes. laws yes. already yes. in place. So clearly we have a problem with illegal guns coming in from, oh, I don't know, that wide open border, mom with the drugs coming right in, where do they put them on the buses, send them into the inner cities? So we have such strict gun laws and red flag laws in a lot of these cities. Why are we having such a big problem with violence? And they never, so where's BLM mm. going to any saying Black Lives Matter and fighting for these children who have now lost their lives, especially the babies, the parents are walking their babies in a stroller and they're killed. You never, they don't even want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about all the people that will run down that. No, no. During Christmas? No, let's not talk about that. Anytime it suits their narrative is when they do it. And when there's mistakes or, or you know, Things happen, mm -hmm. but it comes back to mental health yes. because this child was so beyond and they knew and he had a psych evaluation and it's just like the police knew and the teachers knew and the family knew and the parents were degenerates and the grandparents knew. Wait a second. So why the gun did not pull its own trigger? Mental health is a major problem. We need to discuss it. We need to talk about it. They're, they need to open back up the hospitals. And two weeks is not any time to get anybody off of drugs or the treatment that they need. And some people need to be permanently in a facility because they're medica medicated because that's going to keep them normal but they don't want to hear that they don't want to discuss that they just want to take away your constitutional right so it's not about gun rights it's about them not wanting you to have anything to protect yourselves but i guarantee that they got armed guards outside their houses exactly to protect exactly you know it's and that's why it's Black people are not for this because they're like, look, we got, I can't even get a gun. I have my gun license, but if you're in the city of Boston, you can't get your gun license. They have been, they, they make it so difficult, especially for African-Americans. And then they want to be like, oh, they're, they're the ones with the gangs and the violence. And it's like, no, 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 no. If they were able to protect themselves, guarantee you it would go down. Look at New Hampshire, constitutional carry. How many shootings there? <laughs> it's just these are common sense, but allowing them to dictate and to get out there, and they always, and then they get the celebrities. Yes. The celebrities come out, and I'm like, wait, didn't Alec Baldwin just shoot somebody on set? No, but it's it's the guns. Yeah. Not that he was not trained, and why would you have live bullets and a prop gun? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't make sense. It was so disturbing to have. Matthew McConaughey up there on on at uh, the White House. It was it was a performance. It was. It was as if he'd rehearsed it. Hey, here, say this, say that. After you say this, look over here and point to the green shoes. It, it was staged. Yeah. You, you. I couldn't even watch it. I, I couldn't watch it because the little girl looked like my daughter, and I was like, absolutely not about watching this. He couldn't speak from his heart, which no. is you you know if you're from there, why couldn't you just speak from your heart? But it, what you said was prepared, and it was a stage performance, and and but people lapped it up. Oh my gosh, he said, "Stop it!" Yeah. Now we gotta talk about it again. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, you know, Massachusetts like bans all sorts of weapons like this, and 
why that's unconstitutional and we've lost all of our manufacturers smith and wesson you know the springfield armory they've left massachusetts and we don't have this problem with mass shootings we have such strict gun laws we have regular everyday gang violence that happens but again stop bringing the people from the border and dropping them off in our backyard or right on our front doorstep and going I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> the Democrats are good at <clears throat> creating a problem and then coming up with a, oh, I've got the answer to that problem that I created. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Aurela, this has been an absolute joy to speak with you and finally meet you. I wish you the best of luck in your endeavors. One of the, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things that I would put out to you or ask you is to hopefully get an opportunity to speak to you again, maybe before the election and, and obviously off after the election. I think you are obviously energetic, got your wits about you as far as, you know, the, the, the right values that, that we need to see in American people and in America and in our leadership. So do you have any, you know, final, final thoughts you want to bless me with? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm honored and blessed to have been on this with you. And anytime I love coming on podcasts, I think it's fantastic. But if your viewers and listeners want to go onto my website, it's RaylaForMA.com. That's R-A-Y-L-A-F-O-R-M-A.com. They can volunteer if they're in the area. They can donate. No dollar amount is too small to help donate. Then also follow us on Facebook, Rayla Campbell from Massachusetts share get that content out there it's about making sure that we are reaching the people because i will be your first madam secretary i'm already historic that's been fantastic but making sure that we continue to protect our rights that we protect our elections that we protect us as parents these are our god-given rights and nobody can take them away from us and we're going to make sure that we show it when we show up and we vote in person yes. on election day. And we're going to make sure that, that we have voter ID, that we are not giving illegal immigrants driver's licenses that automatically register them to vote. That's the way that they're going to try and mess with it again. Can't say cheap. Know what they say if we say cheap. Stacey Abrams can. She can do it. Just not us. So they want to replace your votes. We're going to make sure that we're protecting our rights and getting out there. I will be everywhere. I am always open to come on any show. I love getting out there and talking to new crowds. And you guys can also listen to me in Florida if you're following me on my radio show every Thursday from 9 to 11. It's on WS of Nashua. If you have Alexa, just say, Alexa, play WS of Nashua. And you'll get it. And you can follow me on my Facebook and I live stream it as well. Great. Again, I appreciate your time and best of luck to you. And I look forward to speaking to you again. And I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's a pleasure and an honor. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. It's beautiful out. I'm ready to hit the pavement, get more literature out there, and win over those votes. All right. Good luck to you. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Another fantastic episode in the books. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating on Apple. 
Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Be sure to look for Changing the Narrative with Cecil Grant Jr. on Facebook and subscribe to our website for more content. Thanks for your support, and remember to always think for yourself. 